Hello, welcome to another episode of What Happens in Between. This is a solo ep. Occasionally, I do solo episodes to dive deep into process in general, as well as share insights that I've learned from my or my client's process. Today, I am going to go over my strategy for creating strategy for the new year. So I'm going to talk about my process in planning, goal setting, and making sure that things actually get done for the new year. Not that I really subscribe to the Gregorian calendar, but I understand that a lot of other people do. And so there are certain things I can do. So this process is actually something that I do more so on my birthday. But again, it's the new year. New year is sort of universal to everyone. So here we go on this episode about planning for the new year. With this, you're going to want to stay tuned until the end of the episode because I have a big surprise. It's a giveaway that I discuss at the end of the episode. Another housekeeping thing is on my Instagram all month, the month of December. I will be doing an almost daily post on behavior change and systems. It's almost daily because I try to do sort of a tech Sabbath on Saturdays. Uh, And I know what you're thinking, just get a scheduler and then you can be daily. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. That's the answer. You're right. So let's get into it. It's around that time that everybody is making their declarations for the new year. Learn, go, new year, new me, etc., etc. If you're like me, it also happens to be the time when I revisit the goals that I wrote down last year to see where I am. And don't get me wrong, I have my goals on the wall, but after a while, it becomes just sort of basically part of the wall and I forget to look at it, I forget to, you know, connect with those goals. And then next thing I know, it's it's December and I have forgotten to check and make sure that I am where I need to be. What's interesting is that I do always have a monthly project tracker, uh, and that one is, it's not quite goals as much as it's like more action-oriented, but I use a monthly project tracker, and I also review myself quarterly, but it's, it's just so interesting the way that I personally can lose sight of the bigger picture of like, well, my goals in the quarters and in the months tend to be uh, unrelated to each other almost. And then it's sort of moving me, but it's moving me on seven different planes instead of moving me in the one lane towards what I'm trying to do. One thing that I realize about myself is that I'm overly granular. It takes me, it takes a lot for me to think about the big picture, or it's just not the thing that's most natural to me. Give me a dry erase board, give me sticky notes, Give me colored pens and I will truly plan out my year by the hour. (laughs) Okay. I love that stuff. But it's just motion, you know, it's just motion that's moving me in a circle. It's not necessarily action until I know where I'm going. And that's something that I was focused on a little bit more this year when I was setting my goals. I'm just trying to look more at creating a whole that is greater than its parts because right now I've just been doing a lot of parts that aren't necessarily building towards something bigger. 
So recently in conversation with Lisa Nicole Bell, I know that episode is coming out in a couple weeks. Woo, I'm excited. Anyways, recently in conversation with her, she illuminated something that I think has been holding me back. When planning for the year, she actually does sort of like reverse engineering. She does backward planning. So she holds the bigger picture and then she crafts what needs to happen and what metrics she has to hit to get there. And the bigger picture for her is like, how does she want to be remembered in death? 20 years, five years, two, one. So naturally, I soaked that in and I made it a little bit my own. That prompted me to change the way that I think about planning the year. And now I want to, you know, share my strategy for making strategies. <laughs> oh man, I, I love planning. Here are the steps that I took. I would say, I would say it's like three or four steps, depending on how you look at it. So the first thing I did was I wrote my obituary. <laughs> yes, I wrote my obituary and I brought into it the entire picture of my life, right? I brought in family things. I brought in career. Well, I did bring in feelings, which is, you know, not necessarily included in obituaries normally, but it makes more sense. It makes a lot of sense for the the purpose of planning of like, how do I want to be feeling in the sort of last moments of my life, like the last decade of my life? What do I want to do? What do I want to be doing? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. I definitely read some obituaries to sort of get the right tone and just sort of see the structure of them. And the reason that this helped me a lot is just because I had to look at the holistic picture. You know, when you're making goals for that far out, it's silly to me to, or in general, when people are making goals, I feel like in the mainstream, it rarely includes the broader picture, the sort of full depth of a person. You know, there's like, I don't know, seven or eight categories, relationship, career, financial, spiritual, maybe emotional, and then a couple more, right? There's like that, that, uh, I don't know. I'm seeing a chart in my brain. There's like a pie chart and it's like the seven areas of life. It's just interesting to me the way that people are talking about setting up goals often doesn't, it focuses on one area as if the other areas don't have an intense impact on the one area that you're focused on. And so what I liked about the obituaries that I read, as well as the one that I wrote, is that it it just had to include all of those areas. Honestly, you can't recommend it enough. Um, so anyways, yeah, I wrote thoughts on how I wanted to be remembered, thoughts on what I will have accomplished vocationally and relating to people and, you know, thought about what what I would want to be said, what the highlights of my life would be. Step two is I took these huge decades-long ambitions and determined where I would need to be 20 years from today to be on track. So I was thinking about, okay, so for instance, one of the things in my obituary is that I wrote several best-selling books. 
right? So 20 years from now, in order to be in line with with that statement that I put in my obituary, I will have, wow, this is about to get really fun grammatically. The um, Okay, no, never mind. <laughs> A metric is that 20 years from now, I probably need to have at least at least one or two books out. Probably can shoot for more, but it's just helpful to know that in 20 years, I need to be already a published author in order to be on track for having written several books. So I did that with all of the big, the major highlights or the major accomplishments in my life. And I just determined, okay, 20 years from now, where would I need to be to be on track? And then I did the same thing, step three, is doing the same thing um, for five years from now. In order to get to that 20-year mark, where do I need to be in five years? How do I want to feel? Uh, What sort of situations should I be involved in to help me make those strategic relationships that I'm going to, you know, utilize in 20 years that will be the people (laughs) talking about me when I die, that kind of thing. So it's really just, it's a matter of like taking this huge thing and chunking it, chunking it, chunking it into not even, so I was going to say realistic goals or realistic metrics to try and achieve, but it's hard to say what is realistic because even um, I want to say last year or so, I wrote out this like big 26 goals that I had over the course of my life. And the year ended, I think the last goal I was trying to accomplish by the time I was 45, right? And there are certain things that I had that I was trying to accomplish before being, before 2024 or even 2029 that I am accomplishing currently. And then there are other things that I had in 2024 that I'm sort of like, mm, I might need to push that to 2029. So all of this is to say you need definitely flexibility. You have to understand that these are not things written in stone that you're going to, you know, the world's going to change. A pandemic is going to happen and throw everybody in for a loop, you know? It's important for me. What has been helpful for me is just having... Really, it's like uh, bumpers in like a bowling alley, right? It's just like having this direction, understanding where it is I'm trying to go, and writing that all out is super helpful. And so when you can, in order to break it down, you have to first know what it is. And then there has to be flexibility as well in your thinking around what things happen. So after I've broken it down into five years, then I looked to like, what has got to be true in 20, by the time 2022 rolls around. And I have this sort of short list. It's a pretty short list of accomplishments that I would like to make. And it's, it's interesting because it just makes honestly this whole goal situation way more bearable. It just seems more 
realistic, you know? When I'm not trying to do a billion things all at once. Life is long. If all these old people moving around are to be believed, life is pretty long and we will have time to do it all. Um, We just can't do it all at once. And there's also no need for us to accomplish everything by some arbitrary age. And that is something that I'm still working on. You know, I would say I'm a believer, uh, but not yet an achiever in essentialism, which is essentialism is the disciplined pursuit of less. So I am trying really hard to just focus on one major project at a time, but it, it just, it gets pretty difficult, I would say, to rank projects. And I'm going to assume that people who are listening right now are polymaths, much like myself, which is to say you're multi-passionate, you have a lot of different areas that you want to move in, right? And so at the heart of all of this, you know, because when it is, when I am breaking it down for what's got to be true by 2022, what I realized is I can't move on all three things at once, you know? (laughs) I can't, as I have been desperately trying, I cannot have two full-time jobs, write a book, have my coaching business, and host and edit a weekly podcast, as well as dealing with existential dread all at the same time, despite my best and most strenuous efforts, (laughs) you know? We just have to choose and I think what's hard is that it it all feels like time is running out. You know, it feels like, well, if I don't do this now, then I'll never get to it. But that's simply not true. That's a choice, right? Just always remember that you have the choice to, if you're not going to move to Argentina today, then next year, when you're again faced with the choice of, are you going to move? Understand that you always have autonomy and you can always say yes. Or no, and be okay with that. So anyways, the second part of my uh, strategy for the new year is right now I'm arbitrarily choosing the urgency of each of my goals, which is to say I'm prioritizing each of the goals because I'm trying to learn to borrow from my future. And uh, let me not pretend, (laughs) this is very hard. It, it is sort of agonizing for me to choose just one or two of my projects to work on to the complete negligence of my other babies. As an example, I really want to write a book. I have always, always wanted to write a book. And I started, I had written about 10,000 words initially when I had laid out my plans for the quarter um, in December is when I was going to make my book proposal. But I've had to change. I've had to reevaluate what is most important to me now. And I'm going to get into how to prioritize in just a moment. So what I have seen time and time again is that everything takes longer to produce and is lower quality if I'm doing too much. And listen, I too love that song. Sorry, Play Cash Doll. You know, like, I'm there, and I'm going to listen to it once in a while. But right now, I cannot I cannot embody 
the message in that song. <laughs> I'm doing one or two things extremely well. And so looking at the greater vision and the bigger picture, I know that I can move into the granular by choosing one focus and then, you know, borrowing time from a future self to get the other things done. And so now the hardest part, right, is like, how do you prioritize? This is a question that I have been asking myself for a couple months now, and I have found a solution that works for me right now. And I think it, it probably will work for a long time, but, you know, great question. How do I prioritize? Here we go. Whew. Right now, what I'm choosing to do is I operate from a place of pain or I'm making my decision from a place of pain. So what of my values am I craving the most? What do I have in the least abundance? I don't like to say that I'm really lacking anything because I'm not of all my values. I'm embodying it, you know, at least a little bit. So anyways, right now, what I need more of is freedom, specifically time freedom and autonomy of what my, like where my focus is and what my energy is going towards. So now that I know for the foreseeable future, you know, let's say for the year, right, of 2021, what I am optimizing for is freedom. So when you look at your year and you look at your projects under this lens of what am I optimizing for this year? That is the single greatest thing that has helped me to prioritize without feeling overly arbitrary, honestly, without feeling like I'm just kind of like picking and choosing, you know, without any method. So then now that I've determined what I'm optimizing for, which is freedom, what are the components that make up freedom? What of my projects will get me to that, to those components the fastest. So I know that's a little abstract. So I'm going to break it down into an actual, I'm going to just speak specifically about what I'm doing. Right now, the way that I am perceiving the components that, that go into freedom for me, right? It's like time, location, autonomy. What I understand can help me get there is money. Right now, I think money is the answer because the things that are taking up my energy, the things that are keeping me locked in one place are jobs. And so what I need to do is to increase my income steadily until I am sure that I have created a process that is replicatable and scalable so that I can quit my jobs. So my big goal, which actually I started in November, is to make increasingly more money over the next six months, just as I said, so that I can, so that my process is replicatable and scalable and I can quit comfortably knowing that I know how to make money over and over and over again. I'd also just like to, you know, give another jeer at the Gregorian calendar. You don't need to wait for the new year to form or start pursuing a goal. And 
Honestly, I think it's better that you don't, if you have an idea and you can start executing on it, I think it really works out well to do so because then when the January, December, January sort of new year hype comes up, now you have a, um, like a resurgence of excitement for your goal, which you have already been starting to do. So if, you know, if you're in this sort of lull of like, uh, like you hit past 90 days and you're sort of just doing consistent work and it's no longer sexy mm. and then january pulls up and everyone's like new year let's get it here's what you need to do xyz that is really good for keeping your validation um and keeping your excitement up so that you keep moving towards this thing no one is doing that kind of sexy shit in march frankly so <laughs> i digress let's go back the way that i actually I do have a specific framework that I use uh, to help me rank my projects and show me which of them are giving me the, the impact or the components that equal the goal or the focus of the year. Um, But it's really hard to explain without a visual aid. So if you want to learn more about that, DM me and I can sort of, or maybe I'll do a screen recording on my Instagram. If that's interesting to you, DM me at what happens in between on Instagram. So as an example, let's let's go back to concrete examples. Writing a book, which is something that I want to do very, very badly. Let's go back to concrete examples. If we think about writing a book uh, as it relates to optimizing for freedom, I have determined in order to optimize for freedom, I have to increase my income, right? So what I'm really optimizing for is an increased income. Writing a book, which is something that I want to do very badly, is not going to immediately impact my income. Uh, Or actually, it might even cause me to take out a loan. So it might even have a negative impact on my freedom. It's something that I had to put on the back burner. And again, I'm not going to pretend that this doesn't suck. I had this vision of the timeline. I wanted it to be out in spring of 2022. But when I'm thinking about my focus of the year and thinking again about what are the metrics that will get me where I'm trying to go by 2022, by 2027, etc., writing a book this year, given the information I have right now, will not serve to build my income fast enough to get me to freedom. Does that make sense? I'm asking, but I know you can't answer, but if it, if it, honestly, if it doesn't make sense, do feel free to DM me any of your questions. Every day since I made this realization, um, I chose to not write a book. (laughs) And I know that it sounds, that sounds kind of like dramatic, but really it's this thing where it's like, I'm pulled over here but I'm thinking about it. And this is very pragmatic, right? I'm not necessarily a follow your heart without your head type of girl. Um, I do like to operate with pragmatism and then see if my intuition agrees. (laughs) I've been choosing every day not to write a book. And even though sometimes I have these, sometimes I'll wake up early and I'll think, ooh, I could probably get like an hour of writing in But I know that three hours focused on getting more clients will serve me better in the long run than one hour 
of writing my book and then one hour of looking at clients. So in November, I actually made an income goal. I wanted to make X amount based off of my own coaching slash consulting services, independent of the jobs which employ me, but do not give me health insurance. I made it something that I felt like was really a low threshold. It felt approachable. It felt like something I could attain if I put in a little bit of effort. And thus far, at the time of this recording, which is November 17th, I have more than quadrupled that goal. And yes, I am flexing on you just a little bit because I have to pat myself on the back. (laughs) The reason that I've been able to reach that goal, surpass it, is because of my focus, is because of my relentless pursuit of I'm doing this to the detriment, like actively to the detriment of these other passions that I have. Because I know that in the future, once I can acquire this time freedom, I'll be able to put more into my book. So to reiterate all of that, after looking at the bigger vision, the holistic vision to include your relationships, not just the grind, right? Looking at the bigger vision, I then prioritize my project ideas based on what of my own values I'm craving most and what I am optimizing for that year. And then I create my goals for the year. And I do this in a way that moves me closer to the vision. So this, this, guys, (laughs) this is my personal zone of genius. This is where it is, is I'm breaking the yearly goals into actionable quarterly metrics, monthly projects, and weekly tasks. So let me break down a little bit about my goal system. I think yearly goals can be outcome-based so long as you're not attached to the outcome, right? Uh, They can be outcome-based so long as they are supported by actions that you can do, actions that you have control over that can support this outcome. And then as long as you're doing the quarterly, the monthly, the weekly actions that create the conditions for your outcome, you're then there's no reason to beat yourself up if you don't get that outcome. Again, let me concretize this. Let's use YouTube as an example. So say you want 10,000 subscribers in a year. I think that is a perfectly fine goal. You want 10,000 subscribers in a year. But when you break it down, your goal in each quarter is not get to uh, 2,500 subscribers. No. We understand that to be a metric, right? We understand that to be something helpful. The reason that doesn't work is because that is something externally driven. That is something that you don't have control over. The way that I would set up my quarterly goals in this case is, okay, I have this goal of 10,000 subscribers over the course of 12 months. In quarter one, my goal is to learn SEO and YouTube best practices while putting out two videos per week. Quarter two is to increase your video quality, both in the content that you're putting out as well as the production, the way that you're presenting it and so on and so forth. And so 
You can take your outcome goals, which you have no control over, mind you. The reason, the reason that outcomes as goals are bad is because if you don't reach this outcome, then you'll feel bad about yourself, right? But it's not something you get to choose. If it's external, the only thing that you have control over is yourself. And so when you have your yearly goal as an outcome, what you need to do is support it with these action items. So then once you have your quarterly goals, such as, you know, the goal of learning SEO, YouTube best practices, then you look at the month and it's like, okay, well, in these three months in January, I want to take a course on SEO. In February, I want to read and implement the things that I learned in my course. And you just keep going smaller and smaller until you have your weekly tasks. And then you can just distribute them throughout the days as it fits you best. And then once I have sort of those tasks out, and I'll be honest, I only do this, I do this quarter by quarter. So I have the big yearly thing and I have kind of an idea of what I'm going to focus on in each quarter. But in terms of the like monthly tasks and stuff, I I do that quarter by quarter so that it's fresh and that just because there's always, you're going to need to adapt and evolve and there's always going to be change, something unexpected. I never have my monthly projects uh, and deliverables. Now I'm moving into the weeks. And then in order to add on my daily tasks and my weekly tasks, this is where I lay out my systems and the years of behavior change research and data that I have collected and created uh, come in handy to make sure that I do what I need to get done. I really hope that this makes sense. And again, if it doesn't, just feel free to reach out to me or schedule sort of a discovery call with me at what happens in between on Instagram or at my website, athenasayaka.com. So if you're interested in working with me on strategy um, and you want to absolutely body 2021, I quite literally offer these services. And I'm actually rolling out a new service. Um, I'm still working on what to title them, but basically it is a 2021 strategy session. Uh, Thus far, the people I've tested it out on have loved it and they feel ready for the new year. They're going to crush it. (laughs) Um. So again, be sure to check out my website, Athena Sayaka, A-T-H-E-N-A-S-A-Y-A-K-A dot com. Uh, and all the information will be there to work with me. So finally, this brings me to the giveaway. You can win a free 2020 behavioral strategy session with me. In December. So what would happen is we work together for about three hours to clarify your goals and the actions slash conditions that can create the outcomes, which is your goals. Then the second half of the time, we work through your biggest distractions and the blocks that hinder you on those goals. And then I help you set up systems, um, 
easy environmental systems. Environmental just means in terms of creating your environment, um, inner and outer, that make your desired behavior or habit easier. So I quite literally, virtually, hold your hand through the process of planning. Um, I know some of y'all don't like it. I'm not sure if you've tried out sticky notes, but they're awesome. (laughs) So I'm not really sure how you don't like it. But I know some of you really struggle with the process of planning and how to build systems that move you forward in the right direction. So I want to be, I want to offer myself here to help out. And so I will be giving away one free strategy session with me. Here's how to enter. Rate my show on iTunes and leave a review. Then screenshot it and send it to me. So I know what you're thinking. I have an Android. Guess what? So do I. Doesn't mean that I didn't create an Apple ID just so that I could rate someone's podcast so that I could get in their giveaway contest. Listen, I'm not going to necessarily ask you to do all of that if you do have an Android. There's another way to enter. You can share with three friends by tagging people in the Instagram or the LinkedIn post that I make about this giveaway. I know some of y'all come from LinkedIn, so don't worry, I got you. And then you can just share all of these things. You can share screenshots of these things with me via direct message. So let's just put that all together. There are three ways to enter. The first is to rate and review my show on iTunes and then send me a screenshot. The second is to share this episode or this podcast with three friends by tagging people in the comments of either the Instagram or the LinkedIn post that I have made. Those are all different entries. So you could potentially enter three times. Uh, And then I will be choosing at random. And then the winner and I will work together to create an insanely productive and fruitful 2021. All right, that is all. Thank you for listening. Much love. Hey, hey, go get it. (laughs) So in the show notes, I have linked a couple of things. First is a downloadable sheet. It's this goal sheet that I created. It's what I use and it's what helps me get things done. And then I've also created a picture, or sorry, I've also taken a picture of my monthly projects just to show you what it looks like because I am a very visual person. And then I've also linked the post that I'm referring to below. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great day and a great year. Much love.